You're listening to The Right to Be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Reevangelization Center. Welcome, everybody, to the Right to Be Catholic podcast, where we tackle everyday issues that Catholics face in our modern world today. I'm your host and Catholic speaker, Sean Ayer. So today we have a wonderful show planned for all of you. Today our focus is going to be on holy feminism and the women's role in the church. So now the word feminism, when you hear feminist or feminism, that's a loaded word. Uh, it's, it's met with positive feedback and it's met with negative feedback. So hopefully today on our podcast and the show by the end of this, you'll have a different perception of what feminism looks like, but from a holy perspective, holy feminism. And we'll talk about our women's, you know, the women's role in our church and how the Catholic church is not anti-woman, but for women. Mm -hmm. So the quote I want to talk about today actually goes with the theme of our show. Uh, the quote actually comes from St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, also known as Edith Stein, which was a Catholic feminist. She says, Each woman who lives in the light of eternity can fulfill her vocation, no matter if in marriage, in religious order, or in a worldly profession. And I want to just give one more quote because I love this man, Pope John Paul, St. John Paul. He, In his letter to women, he says, Women, have the right to insist their dignity be respected. At the same time, they have the duty to work for the promotion of the dignity of all persons, men as well as women. So he said that, right? And so today in studio, I have two wonderful women with me because we're talking about holy feminism and women's role in the church. So I thought it was fitting to have two women in the studio with us today. I'm not going to do as much talking, so I'm going to give it to them because this is about them. But I have um, Sister Rita Busy with me. Thank you, Sister, for joining us. Thank you. And I have Vanessa Denhagarma with us. Thank you for joining us, Vanessa. Oh, thanks for having me, Sean. Vanessa is also our producer. You probably hear her in the background sometimes. Today you're going to hear a lot of her on the actual podcast. So, Sister... Um, Correct if I'm wrong, your consecrated sister, correct? Yes. Is different than holy orders. Yes, very different. Yes. Good. And how long have you been a um, consecrated sister? Uh, for well over 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Okay, good. So you've been doing ministry for a long time. I have. It's been a privilege to serve God's children. Yeah. Wonderful. Can you briefly tell us what the difference is? Even if you, is, there, is that a long-winded question? Uh, about being holy order and consecrated so sister. holy orders is for men that God has called to mm -hmm. serve in the priesthood mm -hmm. and so they are uh, given the holy orders to bring the sacraments whereas for women it's consecrated as a religious to serve to assist to be like Mary okay to be the handmaid mm -hmm. to be there to uh, to help build up the body nice mm -hmm. thank you and Vanessa, you're also you also do ministry in the Catholic Church, but you come from a different side where you're married, you're mm -hmm. a mother, mm -hmm. and you're a professional, successful woman. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted to have two perspectives on the show today mm -hmm. to talk about you know both sides, a religious side and uh, you know our successful woman's side. Yeah. Talk about how your influence either in the church and how you view it, holy feminism. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Sister, you told me a, a beautiful story earlier about um, a little bit about yourself and how you are uh, were involved in feminism and, and how it's changed your life and how where you are today. You want to share that with us? Sure. Um, originally, I'm from Iraq, born and raised in Iraq. But when I came to America, I was around nine years old and lived in California. So in California, I was surrounded by a lot of liberal feminists, especially at California State University, where I attended. And I got really drawn in into the women's studies program, thinking that this is going to be the answer to help me grow confident as a woman, to know my power, to be able to assert myself, to be in positions of leadership. And as I continued in the program, and I was one class away from graduating uh, in women's studies, it's like this light came on as I realized how hostile the women uh, that began the feminist movement from Gloria Steinbeck to all the others, that there was just this propaganda of us against men. And it wasn't dignifying uh, men at all. It was really coming from areas of woundedness and pain. And so in God's mercy, uh, when I truly encountered Mary and came to see her uh, as that true feminine, uh, holy woman, that had power, but it wasn't domineering, it wasn't demeaning men. Uh, I was able to step back and uh, graduate with social sciences and, and ended up getting a minor in women's studies. And I thank God for that. It helped me to uh, kind of see really what, what is out there and what is being taught to our young women. And then eventually uh, God in his mercy uh, helped me to grow stronger in my faith and through Mary to go at adoration more where I heard my call to be a religious sister. And I love being able to serve in the Catholic Church, knowing that I have a role as a woman, uh, not that I have to be over men, but that I can truly come and be God's handmaid, God's instrument, and as Mother Teresa would say, a pen in his hand, to <laughs> truly help, you know, in bringing and glorifying him. But you know, a lot of, I know personally, myself and a lot of other men come to you for spiritual direction because you are a spiritual director, correct? Yes, I'm currently living at a Franciscan convent and I have the privilege of accompanying many women, men, young, old, um, and helping them to draw closer to God, to know their own worth, their own identity. I also help in um, giving retreats uh, for lay people and for religious uh, convents. Nice, So yeah. very nice, thank you. Mm -hmm. Vanessa, so uh, you and I were talking earlier and you were sharing a little bit about yourself and a, a few of the situations or experiences you've experienced in your life as a Catholic woman, a professional, a mother. Yeah, I, I have to, um, funny story, I was supposed to get my master's in women's studies, Sister Rita, mm -hmm. and um, it was at the University of Michigan. And my first day, of, and it, I believe this was divine intervention that I didn't do, get this degree. The day of my first day of class, my dad died. Wow. And I thought, oh, I, I, I called the school and I said, you know what, I'm gonna hold off. And after I, I got out of that class, the first day of class, I said, I'm not, I'm not gonna get that degree anymore. And it was like the, it was like- your dad for that. I think my <laughs> dad was like, don't go study women's studies. Yes. I ended up getting a master's in communications from a Christian uh, college, you know, for, mm -hmm. where there was a very Christian influence in my master's degree. But um, so I, I think there's, you know, I, I too, Sister Rita, was um, involved in a very uh, liberal minded set because I was in the media for a long time. Mm -hmm. 
And in the media, there, you know, there's a lot of, unfortunately, liberal-minded people in the media. And um, I was woken up by one of my fellow Catholic reporters. I was covering Planned Parenthood, and I thought it was really cool because I wanted to interview Mia Farrow, who is a famous actress. And I came back, and she said, what are, you, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, why are you doing a story on Planned Parenthood? And I'm like, why? Mia Farrow was there. It was kind of cool. And she's like, do you know what Planned Parenthood is? I'm like, yeah, they help you plan Parenthood. She That's goes, exactly yeah. what they do. <laughs> Exactly. And she goes, no, Vanessa, they're the biggest uh, abortion proponents in the country. I'm like, what are you talking about? And it was like that aha moment. Somebody woke me up and said, hey, pay attention to what you're doing here. You know, like, just don't take something at face value or be fooled by something. Do your research. And that was a good lesson to me, not as just a Catholic, but as a reporter. You know, and, and it was a fellow Catholic reporter who kind of woke me up. And I started paying more attention to my faith and what that meant. And there was little things along the way that really strengthen my faith but yeah there's there we've been hijacked the word feminism we've been hijacked by society well i know you and i know what you're all about and i'm glad you're on our side as a catholic <laughs> man i'm gonna say i'm glad you're on our side so there's a few topics i want to bring to you guys and i want your opinion on them uh they're either statements i've heard or read about and i want to get your take on it so mm -hmm. if, of course either one of you can um you know give your thoughts on this so the first one i want to talk about is our holy mother mary mm -hmm. she's the perfect example of holy feminism mm -hmm. you said it you said it earlier uh we've been hijacked so today in, in the modern world the word feminist means something different than what we're going to say that represents what mary is so i want your thoughts on that versus uh, you know what it was to what it is now, like this anti-Mary movement where women are using sexuality as a weapon, uh, using their bodies for immoral things. And by no means, me as a man talking, I'm not saying like men don't do things like this, but for the, for the sake of our discussion, you know, I want your thoughts on that. I mean, well, first of all, there, there's this belief that feminism, if you're anti-feminist, <clears throat> then you are automatically believe that you're subservient to men. And that's farthest from the truth. God, God made us all equal, but with our own uniqueness. Men are men and women are women, and there's a reason for that. And if there was such a disrespect for women, we would not revere, revere women, uh, Mary, our mother Mary. And, you know, we would not hold her to such high regard. Now, we don't worship Mary, right? Nope. We don't. We worship only Jesus Christ and God. and But we ask Mary for intercession because she is the mother of God and she's all of our mothers, all of our spiritual mothers. So she is true femininity. She is true feminism. And there's this belief in society that if you are not a feminist, then you're not true to being a woman and you're you're you are subservient to men and that's farther farthest from the truth and you you'll t we'll get into that more about pope john paul's letter to women um but the the catholic church is so fruitful in showing women that they have they have the 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 power that they so-called power that we seek but we're misusing that <laughs> that word it's not power in terms of mm -hmm. control it's power in terms of living up to the woman that God made us to be. That's the power. Beautiful set. Yes, and it's, it is. It's, it's really coming back to what is fueling that power? What are we empowering women with? Is it, is it empowerment through 
the woundedness of our nature of hate, of anger, that somehow we have to come against man because of what has been done to us. And to be able to see how with Mary, she comes in from that love power. Yeah, It's, it's coming yeah. in from that place of uh, really ordered that God is first. And that's what really feminism in many ways has disordered where God is not needed, men are not needed. It's like we're at the center stage. It's all about us having a voice, but yet it's coming from a place really that can be very demonic too, because when we're not listening to God and we're not walking a life of morality and faith, then we're really opening ourselves to everything. Yeah, it's accepting the will of God, which Mary did. She accepted the will of God, but yet even in the Bible, Who's the one that prompted Jesus to perform his first miracle? Yeah, it Mary, was his mother. Cana, exactly. his, his mother, Mary. And so we, we, I don't know why we miss this. We just don't understand scripture. We don't understand the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Mary's the perfect example of what true feminism is all about. We only need to look to our own mother uh, to see what true feminism all, is all about. You mentioned power and the word that... Um, is when Mary accepted the will of Jesus, she said, I surrender, right, everything to him. So in, even that word surrender usually means like, oh, you're submissive to something. But in her surrender to Jesus Christ, to God, she gained power. Because she became the, she became the mother she of became the, the son the mo- of God. Right. She's yes. the queen of heaven. Yeah. Raised to such a yeah. high, lofty yeah. state. Yes. And power, what a- it's what Sister Rita said, it's being empowered. Because when you truly follow faith and follow Jesus Christ, you are empowered to live in this world, right? And be true to yourself. When you seek power and control is when you truly lose yourself. Right, so yes. selfish. And it's where Eve, I mean, Eve in the Garden of Eden fell. Yeah. She was seeking to, power. Yeah, to, to that, be like God. That power, mm-hmm. to, to have that. Whereas mm-hmm. Mary was coming in from let it be done unto mm-hmm. me. And yeah. that posture of receiving, yeah, and that posture of docility and humility, mm-hmm. and and allowing God to give her what He knew was best for her. Mm-hmm. See, and that's where I believe we've we've gotten so off track, you know, that we've lost the really the awareness of our own dignity and our beauty as women, mm-hmm. and and the God given gifts that we have, where where with the feminists it's become more of somehow we have to be out against men against yeah. you know it's like we're, we're separate camps you know and, and we have to be strong and tough and masculine and it takes away from really what we are inherently made for yeah. as nurturers as ones that are uh there to support and to encourage yeah because we're focused so much on what we don't have instead of who we are yes men are men and women are women and that's God made two sexes. There's a female and there and the male, and that's the way it's supposed to be. And there's a reason for that. And we need to be proud of that feminine genius that Pope John Paul II talks about in the letter to women. Yeah. And because in this world we got so focused on why do men? Because society gave men things. It's we're not. We took our focus off faith in God. We took our focus and we made it all about what society says and that's where we got lost so you know i heard it said actually from a woman that um this feminist movement this militant feminist movement actually women are losing 
their femininity in doing that. So I heard the quote, or this, this lady said to me, women by nature are different. So women and men were created equal in dignity by God, of course. Mm -hmm. But women in nature are different than men. You just said that earlier. Yeah. Where women and men are psychologically built different and cannot have the same expectation of each other. Like only when women are true to their feminine nature can men be true to their masculine nature. And if women are trying to take the role of men, it leaves men with that identity crisis. So mm -hmm. you see that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't even have to talk about this from a religious standpoint. You can talk about this from a psychological standpoint because this has been written about in many books and many psychologists have taken on this subject about the difference between the way men think and the way women think. I mean, you know, you have all kinds of books on this. So there, there's proof that science is proving faith more in this world today. Science is is really confirming what our faith teaches us. Right. And so if people get so caught up in, oh, you're just talking about that because you're Catholic, you just can look at science to show that's how God made us differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, pe comedians joke about this. <laughs> they get up and do stand-ups about how their wife is so different from them, right? And we all yeah. laugh because it's true. No, there's even that movie, uh, there's a quote, he said, what, what men think women feel. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. I see that yeah. in my own marriage. Listen, my husband bought a shirt for Halloween. This was his costume. And it says, I don't need Google because my wife my knows, wife knows everything. everything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and see, so we compliment each other. Yeah. See, his wife knows everything, so you're, you're there to help him. <laughs> yeah, instead of getting so caught up in, like, you can't be better than me, I mean, this is who we are. And you got to yes. laugh about it. You know, yes. God gave us each different strengths and weaknesses and... Men were made certain way, and women were made. And to celebrate the differences. To celebrate the differences. Amen. And to honor and cherish what God has made. Yes. Sister, you said it beautifully. You said, you know, you, 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 both women and men, they, they respond to each other like it, it, that's the way we were built, mm -hmm. right? So it's, I read it in Genesis. Adam like lacked a suitable partner until God created Eve for him. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, no matter what he did and until Eve came, right, she is like him in humility and in humanity, but delightfully different than him in many ways, they said, in her feminine being. And likewise, she is complete, fully feminine in, uh, in her femininity, right, and has feminine attributes and can be understood only in relation when they're in relation with each other. That's right. Right? That's right. Beautiful. Um so something else I want to bring up where we were talking about women in faith and our mother Mary being a true example of feminism. Um, in today's world, can you be a Catholic and a feminist? Yes, I would definitely say yes. You yeah, can. 100%. Because you're letting your faith really define your femininity. It's, it's not taking away from all the different things that we are called to be, you know? There is, there's much that as a Catholic feminist, but it's important to define what that means. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. in that holy context of our faith, mm -hmm. of, of governed by what Mary embodies, her virtues, her life. That's, that's the one that I wanna emulate. That's my model. As that holy feminist and so yes my faith can you know as a Catholic woman help me to grow to cherish who I am 
uh, but in no way take away from the dignity and the worth of other men uh, that God has created. See, there's there's this misnomer that that thinks that we if we if we give up our femininity, we can succeed in life, and that's not true. There's a lot of successful holy feminine women in this world who have achieved great things yes that are doing well in the workforce who are corporate leaders who are writers who are speakers who are saints i mean there's so many of them because we have defined success in a certain way and that's that's where we get lost we've lost our way we have truly lost our way in this world i mean we we have been hijacked by society I mean, look at the pro-abortion community alone. Women are, you know, I, I saw a picture of, uh, a, a, I'm not going to use her name because I don't even want to give her publicity, but a political figure with her thumbs up, smiling at a Planned Parenthood with a Planned Parenthood scarf. And I'm like, she's, she's giving the thumbs up for killing babies. And she doesn't even get it. She doesn't even get it. To them, that's power. Because that's power. Because we have fooled women in this in this society thinking it's about your body it's about your right and it's not about your child and i always say take away religion because people get caught up in the religion it is against human nature to kill your baby it is against human nature yeah it, it just is against human nature to kill your baby and father frank pavone says this all the time if people understood what abortion was what it truly is and what happens in an abortion, they would not support it. Physically, they don't psychologically. Want to know the truth. Yeah. And Planned Parenthood doesn't want women to know the truth. So women have been hijacked, and this is a hijacked. They think it's all about me, my body, what I need, what I. We become a very much me society. So. Okay. Thank you. See, and that's also the component of where that evil has come in. Yeah. That confusion of distorting true femininity. Yeah. And that's that component of what is called the Jezebel spirit. Yeah. Where she is like Satan's woman. Jezebel in the Bible was always portrayed as one that emasculated men. One, one of the characteristics that she had, I googled some of the characteristics recently, and one of the first one that they talk about is Jezebel's ultimate goal is always control at all costs, even if it's murdering to get her end. Wow. And so we look at Mary, on the other hand. The opposition of that. Yes, was surrender, let it be done to me. Yeah, yeah. The other, char the other characteristic of a Jezebel spirit is it wants to dominate and manipulate, especially male authority. It doesn't want to submit, doesn't want to defer to what God has ordained through men to be leaders, whereas with Mary, she submits. She's there in the background, pointing to Jesus, do whatever he tells you. So Mary had no problem with male authority. Yeah. She trusted. She yeah. knew that God, through men, were through Joseph too, was there to protect her, to guard her. Yeah. That it wasn't her against men. Yeah. You know, so that's where again the evil one kind of has infiltrated in many ways, in the Jezebel spirit that wants to come in and undermine and cause fear and flight and discouragement and mm -hmm. confusion in many ways too mm -hmm. on what is the proper roles mm -hmm. of, of what God has ordained. So women today are willing to kill their own babies to stay in control of their own lives, right? 
Mm-hmm. So that's exactly the Jezebel spirit because we're willing to kill our own children. To, or control to, at any to, cost. To control Using their a, bodies. Yeah. You know, uh, for pornography or anything. But nothing is worse than killing. And I mean, we, people talk about, oh, I'm all for the, the, the most vulnerable. No, if you're pro-choice, you're not. Because there's nobody more vulnerable than a baby in a womb. So there's nobody. Yeah, I never right. I never understood how you could be Catholic and pro-choice. I, yesterday on, on the news, I was watching, and they were interviewing some Catholics. And the woman on there, she's like, yeah, I'm pro-choice, but I'm Catholic. I almost wanted to tell her, like, that's really ironic. You can't be one and the other as well. Yeah, that, that's a whole other show about not being properly catechized. That's a big problem. That's why we have elected leaders at high levels, you know, in the, in, in the country today who are Catholics. But they're pro-choice Democrats. I mean, you've got that—that's—that's that's people people who just don't understand their own faith, and they're not proud. They and that goes back to Father Frank Favone's quote. They truly—if you argue with somebody on abortion, ask them what exactly is an abortion. Have you seen an abortion? Do you know what happens? It's ending life. No, it's it's beyond that. It's so gruesome, Sean. If you oh, yeah. told the act the average person how an abortion happens. Pulling the baby, yeah. Limb from limb. You're Mm -hmm. pulling a baby limb from limb. It's sick. It's just, it's demonic. I mean, it's nothing short of demonic. And it it goes back to Sister Rita's point of the Jezebel spirit. Because we have have been fooled to think that, you know, to be truly powerful, we have to give up our feminine genius that God has blessed us with. And that's just not true. And we've defined success... And society's definition of success. I mean, look at, we have one of the greatest saints in our lifetime, Mother Teresa. I mean, really. Beautiful. Talk about feminine genius. I mean, that's Mother Teresa. That's a leader. Yes. I mean, she's one of the most quoted people in the world today, you know, is Mother Teresa. And because we have defined success not in the way that she saw success, right? Mm-hmm. Is loving the most vulnerable. And giving up fullness of yourself you know and being faithful being faithful to god in small things not needing to be in the limelight not needing to be dominating or in control Mm -hmm. but letting god work through and the lives that were impacted by that radiance of her love for god yeah Yeah. you know we're talking about all these wonderful women and I, i i want to bring to light women that are not out in the world doing these phenomenal things, but true holy feminism, like mothers. Yeah. Right. So myself as a man, a lot of the 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 way I am today, for the reasons why I am today, is comes from my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, it's her example mm-hmm. as a, a woman and a faith, a man of or a woman of God, that showed me to be the man of God I am today. Sure. It was a woman that taught me that. My yes. father, great man, always around. You know, he was working, of course. But my woman was, uh, my mother was the woman that raised us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the and the beauty of a mother that is at home, which, again, with a feminist agenda, they want to put women out, and that what you're doing is demeaning. It's you're being oppressed. You're being. Yeah. But being a mother is the hardest job on earth. Oh, it's. It is the hardest job. I mean, their yeah. mothers are my heroes. Looking yeah. at how much it takes, how many hats they wear. Yeah. 
the yeah. responsibility of being a teacher, a cook, a yeah. nurse. Yeah. I mean, you're taking so many different gamuts and here are these feminists saying, well, you're not needed at home. Your kids can be brought up by someone else. Yeah, by television or YouTube or, listen, I'm a, I'm a working mom and I'll, I'll tell you how I do it. I'll tell it because it can be done. But your, your first vocation is a wife and a mother. I mean, that's number one. Um, and, uh, you know, I, my devotion to Mary became very strong after I became a mom. Um, because she was a mother. And I, I was telling you guys off before we started recording, every time I watch The Passion of the Christ, I'm going to tear up because I think I don't focus on Jesus as we, I really don't. I focus on her and I'm like, how did you do that? How did you watch that as a mom? And, um, you know, to me, it's it's about balance, but it's about balance in the time management, not in time, not in physical hours. Time meaning what is your biggest priority? My pretty is my daughter, and you know she gets she'll she'll put me in check. You know when I'm with her, she has a rule: I can't answer the phone and I can't text in front of her. <laughs> She's she tells me, and she'll see certain clients when they call me, and she'll see it there. She knows them now, and she'll see it on my phone. And she's like, "Mom, please don't answer that call because you'll be talking on the phone with him for at least forty five minutes." Is it and when she, I call you? <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> but I have to remind myself that. Right. Being a mom is more important. I'll never forget one of my coworkers who's a Catholic. We worked at the county together and I was eight months pregnant. And I'm passing by his office. He was an attorney. And he goes, hey, Denha, come in here. Everybody called me Denha, even though I'm Denha. Hey, Denha, come in here. And I go, hey, what's up, Dave? And he goes, you're about to have that baby, huh? And I said, yeah, I am. He said, I'm going to tell you something. He goes, I don't care how successful you are in life and what you do, how much money you make or what happens in your career. He goes, if you fail that kid, you failed in life. Mm. He goes, don't fail that kid, Vanessa. That's good advice. And I was like, okay, Dave. And that stayed with me. He goes, don't fail that kid. And that made a, made, it made a huge impact on me. Because he's right. When you, when, when you, people say in your deathbed, you're not going to be talking about, I wish I spent more time in the office with my clients. No. no. Spend more time with my family. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit, and we're talking about holy feminism, not to get away from it, but I want to talk about the role of women in our church, mm -hmm. right? So the first thing, the first question I want to pose to both of you guys, well, if you, sister, would grace us with this, uh, what are the what are the roles that women have in our Catholic Church today? The women in the Catholic Church are given so many opportunities and in such a diverse way. Women can step up and help from being Eucharistic ministers, to being lectors, to helping out in RCIA, uh, to be helping with a choir. There are so many different capacities and uh, in, in running really alongside others that are ministering in the church. There's, there's really plenty for them and are all welcome because the gifts that women have are also to bless and to be used to help others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's we get so caught up in the fact that why can't we be priests? Okay, there's reasons for that, and sister, you can address that mm -hmm. um, of what scripture even shows us. But we lose focus of what our roles are and what we can do. Why do we have to become priests to be valued in the church? Why do we have to seek that? Why do we have to be deacons to be valued? No, there's many roles. And I bet you every single priest 
And every single bishop will tell you, will name a woman or two who's been instrumental in their leadership as a priest. Yeah, and we'll actually get to that topic in a moment. That's one of the topics I want to discuss about um, why women, some women fight for, you know, women to become priests. Yeah. And, or and that's part of the actual, the synod we're going to talk, the Amazon oh, yeah, synod yeah, we're yeah, going to we'll talk, talk about. about. Yeah. Uh, one question I want to pose to both of you guys is, so obviously I know the answer, but I want you guys to say it. Is the Catholic Church anti-woman? No. No. So, and if you think that, get to know your church a little bit better. Right. So myself. <laughs> and not believe what the propaganda, what the society media. is telling you. Yeah. So if you, if you go to the Bible itself, right, and just go to the different passages, uh, the different stories you hear about in the Bible where women are on the forefront of what's going on. I'll give you a few examples. Jesus talking to the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. At that time, uh, a Jewish rabbi talking to a Gentile woman wasn't uh, something that goes on. And him being who he was and teaching her, you know, rabbis didn't teach women. They taught the men, and then the women taught the women, right, in their family. But Jesus always went against the grain when it comes to those kind of things. And he showed that, hey, I'm going to talk to her and give her that respect because, again, we're all created in equal dignity in the eyes of God. Uh, talk about Martha and Mary, the story of Martha and Mary, where Mary was sitting at Jesus' foot while he was teaching. And he spoke out to Martha and he said, Martha, what are you doing? You know, stop you know, distracting yourself with things that don't matter. Yeah. Come and sit and listen to me. Again, Jesus teaching women. Uh, the greatest of everything, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the first person to see Jesus after the resurrection wasn't a St. Peter, wasn't a St. Paul or one of the 12 apostles or some great man. It was a woman. Mary Magdalene was the first person he chose mm -hmm. to see him after the resurrection. And of course, we were talking about her this whole time, but mm -hmm. our mother Mary yeah. being the queen of heaven. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I... And a great intercessor for us. Yeah, That's there's right. there's no greater intercessor. I mean, you could we all we have saints we have relationships with, and that's beautiful. And find a saint that you feel like is calling you, but there's nobody more powerful than saying that rosary every single day. Oh, I love it. There's nothing more powerful than that yeah, rosary. Yeah, so one of the greatest weapons we have in our faith is the rosary. Mm -hmm. And to be able to help us to grow, to know our own dignity and the price that God willingly paid to help raise us through Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To be able to contemplate, as John Paul II said in the rosary, we are with Mary contemplating the face of God, face of Jesus, mm -hmm. made man. And so the, the beauty of being able to, to know who we are and the, the willingness that God has in giving his all to raise us, to help us, to uh, to grow, and to to know our identity as beloved sons and daughters of God. Mm -hmm. And if you continue to question the role of women in the church, and if, if the church is anti-women, which it's not, look to all the female saints. There's so many who have impacted the church in our faith, who have ha held in high regard. I mean. St. Teresa of Avila. I mean, there's I, you can name it Joan of Arc. I mean, there's so modern many modern saint like Saint Mother Teresa. Exactly. There's so many uh, Maria Goretti. I mean, there's so many. Oh, yeah, her story is beautiful. Beautiful women in our church, in our faith, and saints that we can look to 
for guidance, for leadership, for, you know, to intercede for us. I mean, we're getting so caught up in this world of what society is telling us that they've hijacked our brains. How to think. Yeah, exactly. we're not thinking for ourselves. Hmm. So you mentioned it earlier, we're talking about the Amazonian Synod, and they have a, it's an advisory board, of course. We mentioned this before uh, when we were speaking earlier, and their advice, you know, to, to our Pope, and of course, at the end of the day, it'd be his decision on what he chooses to either take or not. And he had mentioned that by the end of 2019, he wanted to give his conclusion or his thoughts on what this synod was talking about. So in Amazon, they have the they had the synod recently held. They had many different topics, but one of the topics I want to focus on today is where they had proposed resuming um, women becoming deacons. Now, if you if you read about this, uh, back in the early church times, there were women deaconesses, and it's been debated between different theologians whether they were ordained deacons or just deaconesses and what the difference is. So the deaconesses were uh, helpers to the deacons, and the reason why they had female deaconesses were um, in the early church when you were baptized as an adult, of course, if you were an adult, uh, you were baptized in the nude, so the female deaconesses would be baptizing the female converts mm. and it was so that women wouldn't be embarrassed in front of the the male deacons at that time so they're posing that question of whether or not we should have female deacons in the church today uh, and then of course you guys mentioned earlier how the difference between a deacon and a, a priest mm -hmm. so sister if you can enlighten us a little bit on that so an ordained deacon has a faculty to be able to baptize uh, can assist at Mass to proclaim the Word of God, um, can give you know a, a blessing, but a deacon cannot have the faculties to, to do Mass. Um, and whereas a priest is ordained to be able to give all the sacraments, whereas a deacon's role, there is, you know, they go through formation, they go through, uh, but then there's also transitional deacons the ones that are ordained eventually to be priests, but they're transitional for a couple of years to prepare them to do further formation uh, before they're ordained into the priesthood of Jesus. So correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the institution of the priesthood was instituted by Jesus Christ himself, and he chose only men to That's be right. in this. It's not like a church law that we have that we can change. Like the, I, I read a little bit about uh, the, uh, the diaconate, which... For the deacons, uh, that's canon law where we have only men. But so if the, if the pope chooses to change it, he, he he could change that where we have female deacons. But the actual um, institution of the priesthood, where you're standing in the person of God and persona Christi, right? Yes. That was instituted by Jesus Christ Himself and can never be changed. No, women did not receive the call to apostolate of the twelve. Jesus is sacramentally a sign. And so he he did not choose men and he, he, he did is, not choose women. He yes, chose he men. He chose men. Sorry, yeah. yes. He chose I'm looking We're at talking you. about women so many times, yeah. <laughs> I somehow lost my okay. So it it's really coming back to Jesus is the symbol of being the bridegroom. Yeah. And the church is the bride. So he is he is the head of the body and he is male. And so therefore, priest in persona Christi, as he's consecrating, he's giving his body to his bride. 
Mm-hmm. Take and receive. This mm-hmm. is my body. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 God working through the hands of the priest to bring forth his son. It's like Mary bringing us Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Right? But it's 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 God using the priest to bring him. Because Jesus picked 12 men to be his apostles. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. and the term actually deacon means uh you know like the the deacons would would assist the apostles at the time, so the apostles could focus on you know the word of God and writing it and you know and preaching it. The deacons would assist in those different forms, where going out to the public and you know helping the apostles profess what needs to be professed and and through baptism. So the deacons are helpers in a yeah. sort, right? Yes. And it just says women had roles uh, in biblical times and during the time of Jesus's life on earth. They have roles today and you know as you just pointed out sean uh you know women uh, men uh, jesus you know chose women there were women who had mm-hmm. profound roles in in scripture right and so we can't get that confused of course it's not that we don't have a role and just because we're not called to have the role of priesthood doesn't diminish our roles <laughs> In the church, and I, for me, I've had people ask, "Well, don't you want sometimes, to, you know, have the, you know, the privilege or the opportunity to be a priest?" No, that that I've never had any inkling to want to be a priest. Never, I've never, <laughs> because I'm I'm privileged to know that Christ is truly giving Himself to me, and so that's that whole feminine aspect of being a receiver of life. That it's it's God who has desired to ordain men and he chose 12 men and it's for us to submit to understand that he knows better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. beautiful the last thing i want to um post to you guys is what are your thoughts on pope john paul's letter to women and the feminine genius john paul ii had such a sensitive keen heart to and a love uh, for women and the women that were in his life and the loss of his own mother at a young age and, and how he came to see the beauty of it and so through the letter I I love this one quote that he has where he says women have immense dignity and that the sole fact that God chose a woman mother Mary to bring forth uh, his son shows really the, the measure of really the dignity of her femininity. So he, he was such a spokesperson and, and advocate to help bring healing into the image of the distortion that happened with feminism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and going back to Sean's point and pointing out the women in the, in the Bible, Jesus, what Pope John Paul II wrote to women in this letter, Jesus treated women with openness, respect, acceptance, and tenderness. Mm-hmm. We are valued. We were valued. We are valued. Still valued. And yes. we got distorted because it's like, well, we wanted all or nothing. We became the all or nothing society. Listen, women can't be priests and men can't bear children. That's that's a fact. Okay? True. God made us for purposes. And this whole transgender movement, 
You can try to be a woman all you want. You'll never change your DNA. And you can try to be a man all you want and you'll never change your DNA. You were born a female or you're born a male. And I pray for people who are confused. The real fact is less than 1% are truly confused. Have uh, um, Science even shows this. Research shows this, not religion. Research shows less than 1% of people truly have dysphoria. Okay, there's no gender true. That's happening in the societies because once again, society has hijacked our brain and our mind and telling us how we should live. And that's why you see today every commercial, you can't watch a regular commercial today without homosexuality on it, without trans, transgender on it. it. It's pop culture. It's And so be proud of your femininity. Be proud of what God made us to be. And And if you don't understand it, Go on, go online and get Pope John Paul's letter to women and read scripture and understand your faith. You know, all of it's here for you. There's no reason for the confusion. Beautiful. I thank you both for sharing your stories and sharing your wisdom with all of our listeners. I want to close with uh, this beautiful quote. We just talked about Pope John Paul. I love this man. Mm -hmm. He said, and I, I believe it's either in his letter to women or feminine genius where he spoke he said it can thus be said that women by looking to Mary find her in the secret of living their femininity with dignity and achieving their own true advancement in the light of Mary the church sees in the face of women the reflection of a beauty which mirrors the loftiest sentiments of which the human heart is capable I think it's oh, beautiful, beautiful. Set. isn't it? What I find funny about this is that we get so caught up in this female versus male society, but it took a man to remind women how genius that we really are, our feminine genius. And that was Pope John Paul II, which who you just quoted. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yes. God <laughs> used him. Yeah. To remind women how great we are. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Again, I want to thank you, Sister Rita. Uh, for joining us and giving us your wisdom and i want to thank you vanessa for everything you do for the podcast thank you for joining us today thank you on our show like i always say at the end of every podcast remember to go forth and that you always have the right to be catholic thank you everybody you have been listening to an ecrc martoma productions podcast to learn more about ecrc and all of our programs go to ecrc.us The Right to Be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Reevangelization Center. <laughs>